They say the journey of a thousand miles begins in one step Watch me two-step, double jump the line Don't care who's next, sun will only shine if you let it uh, Second place is still considered winning, don't forget it uh, Look at all the paths that I chose Look at how I rose, slam slam dunk like D-Rose Slam it on my foes, I put one foot up up on the moon uh, Next step coming soon, uh, magic in they face The journey continues, uh, journey continues Journey continues, journey continues R.I.P. to Nipsey Hussle because the marathon continues. I also want to acknowledge that I said that my last episode wasn't going to be that long and it was definitely, it was definitely long. (laughs) So my apologies for that. So I took another break and I took a break because I moved Yes, I moved. Me and my daughter moved. It was stressful. So I, you, everybody knows how stressful moving is, but I'm the procrastinator. So I wait until, I mean, I had a, I had almost six months to prepare myself to move and I waited until the last month to start packing up my stuff and the last week to start like really taping boxes and everything. So I put the stress upon myself. But what else has happened? Um, I really appreciate the support from the last episode. That one was really tough for me to do. And I appreciate all of the calls, texts, voicemails. I'm sorry if I didn't get back to you. It's just hard for me to talk about. So then like for me to have to have a a spinoff conversation about what I don't like talking about. It's just hard sometimes. So I'm not ignoring anyone. I just sometimes don't remember that I didn't respond. I also had brunch with my girlfriends during this time at the breakfast bar and that was fun. Um, the breakfast bar is downtown Minneapolis. It's a new restaurant and it's really good. We, I had the fried lobster and waffles. My friends, my friends also tried that, the chicken and waffles and something else, some, something else, but it was really good. I can't wait to go back in the summertime when the patio is open. That's going to be fun. I also officially quit my job, which yay, it it was time. I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about it because I don't know if I'm going to do anything further legally, but I officially quit my job. When we moved, we got a new pet. His name is Primo and he's our little kitty. He was super sick when we got him. We were basically nursing him to health. I thought one day he was going to die. We were, we were force feeding him with a like a syringe because he wasn't eating he was so weak he couldn't even walk um and now he's just so wild he's a handful so we adopted him from the animal humane society in golden valley and he is just a bundle of little kitten joy if you are following me on facebook you see that he is crazy like i posted a video the other day of him me using the bathroom and him climbing on top of me to groom me and he's licking my hair so he's cute And lastly, um, during this time, I went through another funk, which is, I I mean, it sucks, right? I don't know. I know part of it was because Nipsey passed away. And that's just because it's really hard for me to, I'm not scared of death at all. Death doesn't terrify me because I'm optimistic about what happens afterwards because I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm a good person. Plus, I don't know. I don't believe in this, like going to heaven thing I don't want to go to heaven I I have no I've never had an interest in going to heaven so I think something else will happen for me which makes me excited so I don't have a fear of death but when 
death occurs around me for some reason it's very impactful on my spirit my body even dead animals dead fish like I can't be around anything dead it just it's just like it's a very hard feeling to process so when a public figure passes and people are nonstop talking about how they died where they died their family members that are affected and then you hear other celebrities talking about how this person affected them I just just become drowned in emotion because I am so empathetic and I really did I was a Nipsey Hussle fan not necessarily for his music but I was a fan um, when I saw his interview when he was saying he wanted to invest his money into property and ever since then I have been following him and so it was and it just was like so unexpected it was just unexpected and so it was hard for me to process that and then seeing everybody else process it and feeling empathetic funeral ceremony was beautiful it was really beautiful and I cried the entire time I laughed I cried I felt like I was there did anything else happen (laughs) something else did happen and so I'm gonna hurry up and get through this podcast so that I can go finish what else happened and we're going to talk about that in one of the segments coming up but yeah so I'm going to get through this podcast so that I can edit while I'm doing this thing also I redid my daughter's room and I realized I'm handy mandy (laughs) not handy manny handy mandy I really like doing stuff like that so I've decided I'm going to do little projects and post them on my Instagram and my Instagram is going to turn into more of a blog style than just pictures. Let's just hop right on into the segments. I did want to let you guys know that I will no longer be taking voicemail calls, just emails and questions on my Instagram. The voicemail setup was hard and then to convert it into the audio for recording was just too much work. So I'm not going to do that anymore. Just emails if you have questions. But I did end my normal episode in the middle of Black History Month. And so I figured I got to finish it out. Like I told you guys I was going to do someone that we didn't know about once an episode for that month. Black people to me are angelic and majestic and resilient. I mean, my God, are they resilient? Are we resilient? Anything that comes from a black person is just magical to me and so if I find a gem I want to share it so for this week I'm going to do two because I didn't finish out February and these two are conjoined have you has anyone heard of Black Wall Street okay I did as I was growing up but I didn't know much about it besides black people were very wealthy not at the level of Wall Street but it was wealthy enough to call it Black Wall Street my mom I believe taught me about it As I got older, we didn't learn about it in school and didn't talk much about it. When I did the research, I understood why no one knows about Black Wall Street. The Greenwood neighborhood in Tulsa, Oklahoma housed one of the most successful black economies in American history. The area is now commonly referred to as the Black Wall Street. Most of the businesses and homes were burned down in the Tulsa race riot of 1921. Have you heard of Dick Rowland? Well, this is the other person that I'm going to be speaking of. Dick Rowland's birth name was Jimmy Jones, and it is not known where he was born, but they assume he was born around 1908, and he had two sisters, and they were orphans living in Oklahoma. He was informally adopted by a woman named Dami Ford. Now, informally adopted back then meant slaves were freed, 
the children didn't have their mothers and fathers anymore because they were sold. And so they were wandering the streets or in orphanages. And so black women that didn't have kids would come and take these kids and take them into their homes and then raise them. So that's an informal adoption. In approximately 1909, Dami Ford and Jimmy moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma to join Dami's family, the Rollins. So eventually, Jimmy changed his name from Jones to Roland and um, selected his name Dick because it was his favorite author. Uh, He dropped out of high school to take a job shining shoes in a white-owned shine parlor on Main Street downtown Tulsa. Tulsa was a segregated city where Jim Crow practices were in effect. And black people were not allowed to use toilet facilities or anything used by white people. There was no separate facility at the shine shop where Roland worked. And the owner had arranged for the black employees to use the segregated or colored restroom on the top floor of the building nearby. It was called the Drexel building. So this is where all the madness begins, right? So Black Wall Street is doing well. Dick Rowland has a job shining shoes. He goes to use the bathroom. So on May 30th, 1921, he went into the elevator. Well, he tried to get into the elevator. There are no exact facts on how this happened. No one really knows, but According to most of the accounts, people assume he tripped while he was going into the elevator and he was trying to save himself from falling and accidentally grabbed the elevator operator, which was the first thing he could grab. And her name was Sarah Page. And at the time she was 17. So she was startled that a black man had grabbed her and she screamed. And so a white clerk on the first floor called the police to report what she had saw. So Dick Rowland fled the scene because the police were coming. The white clerk on the first floor reported the incident as an attempted assault. So Rowland was arrested the following day on May 31st, 1921. And the newspaper printed nabbed Negro for attacking girl in the elevator. It had said that he had attacked Paige and ripped her clothes off. So because of that article, All of the angry local white KKK members gathered outside of the courthouse where Roland was being held. And then all of a sudden there was rumors being spread that he was lynched. And so that alarmed the local black population who were then very upset and decided they were going to go to the courthouse. So they marched to the Greenwood courthouse, very angry. Shots were fired. Twelve people were killed. Ten were white. Two were black. So because of that now white people are are very upset like how dare these black people come and shoot us there were reports that the white men flew airplanes above greenwood dropping kerosene bombs and tulsa was likely the first city in the united states to be bombed from the air do we talk about that no for a full 48 hours the fires raged and burned everything in its path and it left nothing but ashes and burned safes and trunks So everything was burned between beautiful homes and businesses. On June 1st, 1921, the martial law was declared. Troops rounded up black people and children and detained them for days. The destruction included 35 city blocks burned down, and that included 1,256 residences in the African-American community, resulting in over 800 injuries and 37 people dead. 25 black, 12 white. Later accounts have suggested that the number of deaths were under-recorded, which I totally believe. The case against Dick Rowland was dismissed at the end of September 21st because Sarah Page had wrote a letter to the county attorney saying she did not wish to to prosecute because it did not happen. Huh. What a surprise. I mean, 
for those of you that don't know, Black Wall Street was the Wakanda before Wakanda. In 1906, O.W. Gurley, a wealthy African-American from Arkansas, moved to Tulsa and purchased over 40 acres of land that he made sure was only sold to other black people. Gurley also used the area to give refuge to black people running from harsh oppression of Mississippi which is where my family's from. The dollar in Black Wall Street circulated 36 to 100 times in this tight-knit community. A single dollar might have stayed in Tulsa for almost a year before leaving the Black community. Compared that to modern times, a dollar can circulate in the Asian community for about a month, in the Jewish community for about 20 days, in the white community for about 17 but in the modern day black community, it stays within rotation for about six hours. Black Wall Street was in a time when the entire state of Oklahoma had only two airports. Six black families owned their own planes. The average income for a black family was well over the minimum wage that is today. Dr. Simon Barry, who owned the bus system in Tulsa, recalls that in 1910, his average income was around about $500 a day. That's a lot of money for back then, at least. When the community was burned down in the Tulsa riot, about 10,000 people were left homeless. 21 restaurants were lost, 30 grocery stores, two movie theaters, a hospital, and 600 successful businesses. Now, as Tulsa prepares to commemorate the massacre's centennial in 2021, a community still haunted by its history is being transformed by a wave of new development gentrification at its finest there's a minor league baseball stadium and plans for a bmx motocross headquarters now my not major league minor league and bmx headquarters they want to put over where all the dead bodies are over where they never had the proper burial over sacred remains they want to put a bmx headquarters and a minor league baseball stadium. Why do you think that is? Because they always do that to black people. It never fails. It never fails. You know what else they want to put there? They want to make it like an art district. Market it to millennials. They want to put like shopping and high-end apartment complex with a yoga studio and a pub. Why would you put that over sacred grounds? Th those are my two facts about African-American history. Um, if you didn't know about Black Wall Street, now you know. Now you know what we're capable of. Black people spend the most amount of money in retail, but we possess, I think, the lowest amount of money in the country. So it doesn't even add up. We could be doing so much more with our money. I contacted Vanessa Hall Harper, and she is the Greenwood District's city council. She's not done stirring things up. She wants the sites of burial to be re-examined she wants them to search for the bodies and she wants it to become a sacred place because that's where black people were massacred um, she wants it to become like a national tourism destination where people can learn about their history she had grown up in Tulsa her whole life but had no idea that this was even a thing she had heard rumors about it so when she asked her grandma before her grandma passed um, her grandma told her they killed us. They killed us all. So she did her research and now she's trying to stop this. I reached out to her to see if there was anything that we could do and I have not heard back yet. So if I do hear back, I will let you know in the following episode. But yeah, we got to stop this. We can't let them build over over our sacred sites. Like we have to do something about it. So that is my interesting fact. Let's ease on down the road. Get on down, get on down the road. 
so honestly i don't even want to like i'm just gonna like briefly do this one because it's been so long since i told you guys to watch the chris brown welcome to my life documentary if you did you did if you didn't you didn't basically chris brown um told his story explained what happened with rihanna um and then talked about his child like it wasn't very much into his life like there was nothing about his life it was just like you get a vib experience for fans basically exclusive interviews from other celebrities nobody can deny that chris brown is talented he definitely has been compared to michael jackson multiple times which i I don't know how i feel about michael jackson right now but we'll get there but yeah i feel like it just it was just him explaining himself like finally telling his side of the story and i believe him it doesn't dismiss the fact that he beat up rihanna but it doesn't dismiss the fact that she hit him either and it was so long ago people change they do you can always tell if someone's changed by the way that they act and he was acting out for a while which is why everybody was like you haven't changed but now that he's had his daughter he seems like a much different person i would suggest watch the documentary even if you feel iffy about him and may confirm your feelings it may change your feelings i'm not going to talk about it that much because honestly there's a better documentary out on netflix right now that i cannot wait to finish so that was ease on down the road next week's ease on down the road is homecoming and that's exactly what i'm trying to finish so as i'm editing this podcast i will be watching homecoming and i cannot wait i already started the beginning of it and i was like it's i give myself a schedule since i'm not working full-time anymore to get stuff done and i i'm supposed to start work at 10 and i was eating my breakfast while i started this homecoming documentary and it was so good i love beyonce so much she motivates me so much oh my god i cried and not (laughs) not because it's be like of course you can cry because you see beyonce but i cried because she's so motivational and it's you can tell she loves black people like you can tell like she she knows the power of black people and so that is next week's movie everybody better watch that one and that is ease on down the road for those of you that don't remember guilt trip is my segment where i talk about a mental health topic but i try to make it a little bit light for you guys this week it was it was supposed to be in alignment with taxes coming back but you know what things happen the universe wants me to do things the way the universe wants me to do things so i'm not going to talk anymore this is guilt trip yeah you can leave on the back door i know that your conscience won't leave you alone guilt trip you all the way home guilt trip you all the way home Have you been here before? Yup, and I know what I want. Perfect, me too. What are you getting? Mm, I think I'm gonna start with the cauliflower buffalo wings and the spinach artichoke dip. And then I'd like a cheese platter on the side because you can never go wrong with cheese. Then I'm gonna get the lobster mac and cheese because again, you can't go wrong with cheese. And I think I want the Brussels sprouts. For sure I'm getting the chocolate lava cake and I definitely just want to keep the wine flowing because you know it's one of those nights. That's too much and you know it. I'm hungry. Okay, first, no one is that hungry. And second, the total is going to be like $140 for your food alone. I got it. Haley, no you don't. You just told me last week that you're filing for bankruptcy. 
I'm not trying to throw it in your face, but I'm trying to be a good friend. And the food isn't even that good here. I can't help it. I don't know why I can't. Well, I just talked to a couple financial advisors and did my research as well. I can ask you some questions so we can categorize this thing. Can we do it after we eat? Haley. Okay, shoot. Okay, so do any of the following apply to you? If I have money left in my paycheck, I must spend it. Other people would judge me if they knew how much I spend. I buy things I can't afford. I've overdrawn my bank account by buying things that didn't that I didn't need. Buying things makes me feel better. I'm anxious on days that I don't go shopping. I pay the bare minimum on my credit cards but keep charging items. Any of them? All of them, sadly. Well, the first step to admitting the problem is admitting the problem. In 2016, Americans spent over $4.8 trillion on retail purchases. That's enough to cover the entire earth in $100 bills. Do you ever look at your bank account and wonder, where did it all go? It's on Monday after I get paid. Oh my gosh, Haley. Scientists estimate that 6-9% of Americans are compulsive shoppers. The condition has a lot in common with eating disorders, sex addiction, and gambling addiction. It becomes compulsive when it becomes a way to deal with stress or loss, and it can become very hard to control. Go on. Well, let me back up a little bit. There are three ways to describe money disorders. There's one, money avoidance disorders, which includes underspending, where you're, you're like in a financial denial place where you'd rather not face your financial reality. You try to minimize your money problems by refusing to think about them at all. Like if you avoid paying your credit card or you don't look at your bank statements. Or there's financial rejection. And that's when you like to experience guilt whenever money in any amount is accrued. People with low self-esteem particularly are prone to this disorder, which leads to a whole bunch of financial and psychological problems. Then there's two, the money worshiping disorder. And that can include the pathological gambling, workaholism, or overspending. In that category, there's also hoarding, and that's when you stockpile objects or money to provide a sense of safety. And then there's the compulsive buying, where you overspend like you're on steroids. Compulsive shoppers are consumed by their money worries. They often learned early in life that the ritual of shopping provides a temporary escape from worry and anxiety. And I can admit that I also have that problem. When they think about and anticipate the pleasure they will feel when they shop, dopamine, a feel-good chemical, floods their brains only to wear off quickly, leaving them craving another fix. So then you go buy some more stuff that you don't even need. And the last category is relational money disorders. And that includes the financial infidelity, like telling lies to your partner about how much you've spent or um, going over the budget that you agreed upon. Extreme examples might be like taking out a second mortgage behind your partner's back or opening a secret bank account. And then finally, there's the financial enabling, and that's when you give money to other people and you can't even afford it. It's when you have trouble or finding an impossible way to say no to others when they ask for money, or you're even sacrificing your own financial well-being for the sake of others. Financial enabling becomes increasingly common among family members in a down economy when there's a sense of guilt about less fortunate relatives. I'm definitely a compulsive buyer. I didn't have much when I was younger, so I think I'm trying to overcompensate. You think? You do. 
There are four stages of compulsive buying. The anticipation, and that's where the thoughts and the urges start, could be for a particular item or could just be the whole thought of shopping. And then there's the preparation. You start trying to figure out where you're gonna spend your money or what you wanna buy next. Next is shopping, and that's the best part, right? You get the thrill or the high, but then you spend on one thing and or maybe multiple things. And afterwards you feel so disappointed and sad because of the amount of money you spent. Does that sound right? Absolutely. When is the waitress coming though? Focus, Haley. I'm trying, but I'm hungry. You know I get hangry. Girl, financial strain has been found to reduce relationship satisfaction, worsen depression, and lead to emotional problems, health difficulties, and work performance. With record high debt and record low saving rates in the years leading up to the economic crisis, can you just let me finish? Hi ladies, my name is Rebecca. We're not ready yet. Two waters, please, Rebecca. Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Bill, please. No, you're gonna let me finish because you are not ordering all of that food. Okay, how do I fix this problem? Well, I can give you the tips I learned. First, try using cash only for a week. Hit the ATM on a Sunday, take out the amount of money you feel comfortable spending that week on an everyday purchases. You also wanna make sure you have at least six months of savings set aside so you have a cushion if your expenses jump. Six months? Girl, it's not that much. If you ever have an emergency, you'll be grateful for those six months. If you lacked a good financial role model or advice as a kid, seek them out as an adult but your local library or bookstore has some inspiring and instructive stories. One rule we all need to work on is focusing on our goals rather than our neighbors. We get stuck comparing ourselves to others and that does nothing for us. Tell me about it. A recent career builder survey of thousands of US workers and employers across industries revealed that 78% of households are living paycheck to paycheck. Get clear on your goals and what it will take to reach them. Creating a financial plan can seem overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. The process starts simply with prioritizing and visualizing your goals, writing them down, and thinking about how you'll feel when you reach them. I think you need therapy for your problem too, though. You know what, I don't like this anymore. Why are you judging me so much? This is tough love. The bottom line, figure out what your problem areas are and find ways to limit exposure. That could mean hiding your credit cards, staying out of tempting stores, or simply removing your saved cards from your online shopping profiles. You could even get rid of your credit cards. But one of the things that you can do if you find none of these tips useful is just wait 24 hours if you find an item that's over $100 that you wanna buy. Do some research, compare prices, review your budget and your saving goals, and then see if you can truly afford it. I usually give myself about three days, and if I still want it, I'll go back. But be broke and bougie. There's always cute, nice quality, knockoff online stuff, especially on AliExpress. I found a knockoff on that site for a great deal. Yeah, I know, girl. That's my budget, Haley. That's my budget. That's literally my budget. A dollar and sixty cents for a tube top. I'm gonna send you the financial advisor's information that I spoke to. There are also some debtors anonymous groups. We should go together. Yeah, I, I, I need help. Are you ladies ready to order yet? Yes. yes. Let's move on over to my wellness segment called Not All Who Wander Are Lost. Not all those who wander are lost. 
like I've been going through funks and like having a really, really, really hard time like pulling myself out. And I do this thing with my daughter every morning where we have this like chant for lack of a better term. And she just I make her tell herself that she's going to push through everything, like no matter what difficulty she's going to push through. I try to remind myself to push through, but sometimes my body and my mind fight each other. And it's so frustrating. Like, I feel like I need to see like a, a spiritual healing person that can identify what my spirit is trying to tell me anyways I say all of that to say I really enjoy this and it's very therapeutic for me and I appreciate the questions I appreciate the responses I appreciate the reviews you guys I have five stars on apple and Renee from the feminist book club which go check that out her handle on instagram is the feminist book club she left a beautiful review for me and i loved it and i appreciated it so so much so i know you're listening renee thank you so much so for this wellness segment not only am i going to say do things therapeutically but i also wanted to talk about my hair and skin concoctions that i make because i get so many questions on how did you get your hair to grow that fast i, I shaved my head three years ago in may um and my hair is past my shoulder length at this point. You need to cater products towards your hair. Does your Is your hair, I know some people don't believe in this, but I do because I've definitely used products to cater towards this. Is your hair low porosity or high porosity? Meaning, does your hair have a lot of pores or does it have not many pores? That helps you understand if your hair is soaking in the product or not. You also have to determine whether what your scalp needs, what your hair needs. My hair to me is its own self. It does whatever it wants to do whenever it wants to do it. And I worship it like it's its own being because I find black hair magical. It defies gravity and it can be straight. It can be curly. I mean, black people can do, you can braid it. You can, you can wear it out. You can wear it up. Like I love black hair. For a while after I shaved my hair, I, I told you guys, I believe I told you guys, I struggle with trichotillomania which is when you're so stressed out that you pull your hair out and then in turn you feel sick about it and then in turn you lose self-esteem because you have a patch of hair missing. And so because of all that, that's why, I sh- why one of the reasons why I shaved my head. Um, and I wanted to find, I didn't know anything about natural hair at all. I grew up getting relaxers and so I wanted to figure out how to do my natural hair because I wanted to embrace it because my daughter wanted to start wearing weaves at the age of two. So I cut the weave out and decided to do natural. I found this hair smoothie and this is what I make when my hair is in dire. (laughs) And then when I say dire, I mean dire need (laughs) of uh, some healing. And this is what I use. Those who caught it, caught it. Um, So I use half a cup of unrefined, unfiltered, extra virgin olive oil olive oil cold press you can usually get that at like a whole foods i use half a cup of that i use two tablespoons of raw honey organic raw honey i use half a cup of organic coconut milk and you can usually find that in a can i use half an avocado and half a banana i put that in a food processor blend it up put it just let it sit in my hair for maybe an hour and then i wash it out and it leaves my hair feeling so soft, so bouncy. Um, and now I'm going to explain to you what the ingredients are used for so that you can cater this recipe towards your hair. You don't always make recipes exactly the same. If your hair is, you're done with winter and it's dry, change it up. Or if you're going into summer, change it up. So the 
olive oil is used to seal the hair, which makes it less frizzy. And then the raw honey is for shine and it makes your hair super shiny. So if you are lacking shine, use four tablespoons of raw honey. Um, The coconut milk is protein and it helps with damage. So if your hair is easily breaking, you'll want to use more coconut milk. The avocado is a healthy fat for hydration and the banana is potassium, which softens the hair. So that is my hair smoothie mix. I use that usually in the wintertime a lot and in the summer a lot as well. My body butter mix for my skin. And I also, when I do my twist outs on my hair, I use this to seal. So I will put conditioner in my hair, comb it through, and then use this to seal while I twist. And this is the body butter mix I use. And I will just go over what the ingredients are for (laughs) as I tell you them because that's much easier. So I use one tablespoon of extra virgin cold pressed coconut oil. And that's to strengthen and moisturize my strands. I use a tablespoon of avocado oil and that's for extra moisture. I use a tablespoon of pure aloe vera and that promotes shine and prevents frizz. I use a tablespoon of jojoba oil, and that's to moisturize my scalp. And then I use half a tablespoon of neem oil for hair growth or to prevent the dry, itchy scalp. Neem oil is also good for like an antibacterial, so that's why it helps with your itchy scalp. And then I use 15 to 20 drops of uh, scented essential oil, and I usually like using lime. I don't know why. But you want to make sure you get the natural essential oils nothing with alcohol in it because that'll break your hair and then I also use one cup of shea butter and I usually get the shea butter that is from Africa Uh, and then I use a blender again and put it in a mason jar and I use that on my body and also on my hair and that also helps with my hair so that is my wellness segment I've had a lot of questions about that recently and so I wanted to let you guys know if you're interested let me know and we can talk more about my hair and skin routine walk with me talk with me (laughs) we are no longer doing the calls like I said but if you have any questions feel free to email humanjourneypod at gmail.com or you can hit me up on the Instagram. I decided from now on, I will only shout you out if you write me on Instagram with questions. If it's via email, because I get so many, I'd like this to be anonymous. I'm going to keep your emails anonymous and I will use a fake name. Uh, So let's just dive on in. This person, I don't know if it's okay to say their name because they know why. So um, the question is, what's the best live show you've ever seen? Ooh. I haven't been to that many live concerts. I've been to a lot of plays. If I had to choose a concert, (laughs) so hard. I went to Beyonce in 2009. That was good, but that was 2009. SZA, SZA was amazing. Oh my God, I loved SZA. I'm just gonna go with SZA because I love SZA. But who else did I see recently? I feel like I just, I saw Ed Sheeran recently and that was so good. And oh my God, Amanda Seals is right around the corner. I just thought about that. I'm going to Amanda Seals. Who else is going to Amanda Seals? Anyways, I'm getting, I always get off topic. I'm going to go with SZA because she was amazing and I got to meet her. I got to do like the meet and greet. So that was fun. My next question comes from at Simone M. Reed. Where do you stand politically? (laughs) I stand on the right side. (laughs) I stand on the right side. I don't know. I don't like to call myself a Democrat. I don't like to call myself a Republican. I, um, I guess you could call me liberal, but I don't consider myself liberal. Like I grew up in a religion where we were just told to not stand anywhere politically. Like we just stand with Jesus, stand with God. I've never considered myself anything as I've gotten older. 
Um, I vote for Democrats because they most most of them have um, similar thoughts and beliefs that I ideas that I have. Uh, A lot of politicians don't have the same morals that I have, nor do they have the same ideas that I have for the human like the human existence. Like I think differently and I understand that some of my thoughts may not be realistic for an economy, but hey, like humans are human. So I stand on the right side. That's how I like <laughs> That's what I say. Um, my next question is from at made by Terry J. Who is your favorite artist? Are we talking local? If we're talking local, you know, it's you like, come on. If you haven't checked out his music, go check out his music. He's the one that did my intro um, for this podcast. And it's amazing. I also like shout out to my bro, Steph G as well. He's one of my favorite local talents as well. <laughs> But when people ask me this question, I can't give an answer. Like, it's very hard because there are so many different genres. Music, I I saw uh, old Facebook posts and I had a conversation um, about this the other day. So I screenshot it because this is how I feel about music. Let me see if I can find it. April 15th, 2009. I love singing. I love lyrics. It can explain one person's thoughts through the music notes coming out of your speaker. And then the next post is April 12th, 2011. Music is the one thing that I get lost in besides my thoughts. It's an indescribable feeling when you hear something that makes you feel every emotion you can think of. So that's exactly how I feel about music. To me, music is attached to my memories. So I really can't pick a favorite artist because all of them have done something for me emotionally. What am I listening to? I can tell you my listens lately playlist first of all let me just shout out conclusion by made by terry which is the guy that did my intro shout out to shout out to terry also my type by sweetie of course nipsey hustle has been in rotation um that old town road remix in rotation gotta support Lil nas a uh, fall by by devito i love that song Money by Lake Kelly 47. Dancing with a Stranger by Sam Smith and Normani. I love it. It's beautiful. And X by Keani Lede. Oh my God, it's so beautiful. I'll play a little bit. So it's so beautiful and I've just been like playing it on repeat because it just is like a vibe and a mood for this gloomy weather. (laughs) So let's move on to the next question and it's by at Miss Neek underscore the greatest. What is your vision? (laughs) That's a good question. My vision honestly is first and foremost, take care of my child. My plan is to buy her 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 dream car on her 16th birthday. What else do I see? I I told you guys this before when I was little. I used to think I was dreaming and so I plugged my ears and I thought I was going to wake up and I was going to be an adult and I always saw myself on the top of a building as a CEO. That's my vision, like be a boss. I don't want this to just be me. I want it to be an empire. And I want to be taking care of my people. Ever since I heard Nipsey's interview, I'm telling y'all, like I've had the same mentality, buy the block back. My goal is to buy the block back. My goal is to 
to help black people to be able to figure out how we can get each other uplifted and how we can continue to circulate the dollar in the black communities. I also want to help people with mental health issues. I've always wanted to help young people struggling with their mental health because of what I went through. I always wanted to help people struggling with sexual assault because of what I went through. And yeah, so when I when I see a vision for myself, I don't want to talk too much about it because it's going to be at the end um, of this podcast episode. But my vision is well beyond what I lead everyone to believe it is because my dreams are so big, like I'm scared to tell small minded people. You never know who's going to be like, that's not realistic because I had a lot of that growing up. People telling me that my dreams weren't realistic. And so I doubted myself. And so now I guard my dreams and I slowly reveal them to the world. The last question, or no, this isn't the last, this is the last Instagram question. Um, and it comes from at uh, Gensh Press. Who is your go-to Mario Kart character? This is going to sound like cliche, but of course it's, it's uh, Princess Peach. Luigi's underrated and Mario's overrated. And that concludes Let's Walk and Talk. Go ahead and send your, your questions to Human Journey. It's H-U-E-M-A-N journeypod at gmail.com. Let's take a break. So for the shady path, I am going to hit on some things that really aren't that shady. I just want to talk about them. First and foremost, Beyonce's homecoming documentary of the Baychella performance. And it's released today. How many of y'all stayed up all night and now are tired at work? (laughs) Or were tired at work when you listened to this episode? (laughs) Um, So I'm super excited about that. Once this podcast is done being recorded, I'm going downstairs to watch it and edit. The movie Little... It's coming out May 2nd. And Marcy Martin, who stars in Blackish, created it with Kenya Barris. And she came to him with the idea on set in 2014 when she was 10. And she was inspired by the movie Big, which I grew up watching. Um, so she executive produced this movie. I think she directs it as well. Issa Rae signed on to the film May 2nd, 2018 with Regina Hall. So I'm super excited to see that movie. It's gonna, It looks really good. And I'm excited to start, support black films. Uh, Lil Nas X with the Old Town Road. If y'all, I wasn't that into country in like 2005. But then I realized oh, there are good country songs. Now I'm so glad to see black people coming into the country lane. Thank you, Jesus, because we need it. And the songs are not just a regular country vibe. It's like a whole swag vibe. Like Lil Nas killed it. And he climbed from the number 15 spot to the number one spot on the hot billboard 100 chart with Old Town Road and with the remix. Uh, The song was initially removed by Billboard's country charts, but they put it back on because of the backlash. And we know why they removed it, because he's black. Uh, And when you hear the other country singers talking about it, it's like they have, they're like, oh, he better get used to it. It took me forever to get on the radio. We're not talking about radio. We're talking about charts. Anyways, last week, like I said, Billy Ray Cyrus came on and vouched for him um, on the remix and the remix is already hit number one so yeah take that horse to the old town road have did you guys hear about the kid that was thrown off the third floor at mall of america he's not doing much but he's in critical condition um crazy man 
is sick of being rejected at Mall of America by women. So he decides I'm going, if you hear meows, it's the cat. He decides I'm going to kill somebody today. Decides he's going to grab this little five-year-old boy and throw him off the third floor of Mall of America. So the boy's in critical condition, prayers to him like that. It's just so sad. Like, I can't even believe it. Um, so moving on to a lighter note, at Jay Hardesty on Instagram, if you want to smile, check out his page. He's a UPS driver in New Orleans that takes vibrant, vibrant pictures of homes and loves to take pictures of the dogs of the homes he delivers to. And it's so cute. And he's, it's, um, he's a black man. So go ahead and check that out. He's attractive black man. Last thing I want to talk about is Nipsey. Um, for those of you that know, you know. For those of you that don't, I'm going to let you know. He was murdered March 31st, 2019 this year. He was shot multiple times in the parking lot of his own store, Marathon Clothing, in South Los Angeles at about 325. He was hit five times in the torso, once in the head, um, and it was by his so-called friend Eric Holder and he was upset that Nipsey called him out for snitching and smacked him in front of everyone so he came back with a gun Nipsey Hussle left behind three kids and a long-term girlfriend Lauren London he was a son a father a brother a partner a rapper a business owner a philanthropist and an activist he was also just a black man really just out here trying to make it and give back um this is a quote from him on power 106 in 2017 I've been really adamant about being in control and maintaining equity ownership, being a partner at the next level. So he was always determined to be in control of his own music, make sure he invested in the right ways. The following day of his death, he was set to meet with the president of Los Angeles Board of Police Commissioners to talk about gang violence. For Nipsey, South Central served as an opportunity to give back to the community by providing access to resources that were otherwise unavailable. Nipsey's model and business plan was all money in, no money out. He believed in himself and he believed in black people. He owned a co-working space called STEM and the same parking lot he was shot in was the same parking lot he was raised in. I'm not going to say much about this this Kodak Black situation most of you guys know he di- he's disrespectful uh, he already has a case for a uh, rape he mentioned something about young MA saying why wouldn't you want her penetrated which is so disrespectful she's a queer rapper so and so then he made this comment about Lauren saying like he's gonna he wants next a few days after he died so like he's just so disrespectful for me he's canceled I mean <laughs> He wasn't that good anyways. The one thing that I did love is how much strength Lauren showed at the ceremony. And this is a quote that I like that she quoted from Nipsey. The game is going to test you. Never fold. Stay 10 toes down. It's not on you. It's in you. And what's in you, they can't take away from you. Rest in peace, Nipsey Hustle. Let's get out of the shady path and move on over to a move in the right direction. Okay, so in this segment... I spoke about the financial advisors and the guilt trip that I had spoken to. And in this segment, I'm going to talk about them. Um, Both of them are African-American males. One, the first one, his name is Edwin. And I'm going to read a little bit about him. Since starting his career with Northwestern Mutual, Edwin is the first African-American advisor to achieve two prestigious awards. Edwin was also selected to attend a special conference at the headquarters in Milwaukee, where he was equipped with even more ways to help his clients. In his spare time, Edwin enjoys staying active and trying new places to eat with his friends. 
He is also generous in giving back to his community by volunteering to help with football camps for youth in the local area. I'll go ahead and shout him out on Saturday and you can have you'll find his information that way. And if you need a financial advisor, I would suggest reaching out to him or Isaiah. And Isaiah found this career after working at Target for just over two years. He started at Northwestern Mutual and after five years, he decided to start his own firm. He found that most of his clients wanted to discuss things that are typically overlooked in today's financial planning ocean. Things like budgeting, student loans, and planning for goals that don't have a product attached. So if you're interested in connecting with him, I'll go ahead and give you that information as well um, on Saturday on my Instagram. So that concludes a move in the right direction. And let's move on over to Journey's End. All right, we got to wrap this up, though. Okay. Wrap it up, then. Over there Close it. Close it. Close it. Close it. It always comes so fast, doesn't it? I conclude with an affirmation. I say it out loud twice and then I have a moment of silence for you to say it to yourself and then I want you to continue to say this to yourself over and over yeah so let's dive in I give myself more opportunities and stability by handling money wisely I prioritize my expenses and live within my means I give myself more opportunities and stability by handling my money wisely I prioritize my expenses and live within my means. Thank you so much for tuning in. I don't know about you guys, but this gloomy weather is affecting me. So I appreciate you guys holding out for these episodes. I've been kind of resistant, but now I'm going to have some help with writing and so they should just be coming out to you weekly. Uh, make sure you, ch- I want to thank Knox Music um, and Made by Terry for my intro music. I also want to thank Edwin and Isaiah for allowing me to support them in any way that I can on my show. If you'd like to be on my show, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please email thehumanjourneypod at gmail.com. And please go leave a review on Apple Podcasts because that is what helps. My show comes out Thursdays. I wanted to save this announcement for last. I've also been working on some things for myself because I need income, right? So I would really, really, really appreciate if you guys supported me, shared this podcast so other people could hear um, or even like let people know. I'm going to be hosting a workshop soon. I'm not going to tell you exactly what it's about yet, but keep an eye open. I hope to let you know within the next couple of weeks a date so that you can buy your tickets and we can do this together. Um, I'm so excited about it. It's something that I feel like I'm destined to do. And so I'm excited to share with you guys once it's all done what it's going to be about and let you guys know when, when tickets will be available to purchase. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and the journey continues. Look at all the paths that I chose. Look at how I rose. Slam, slam, dunk like D-Rose. Slam it on my foes. I put one foot up up on the moon. Ah, next step coming soon. Ah, magic in their face. The journey continues. Ah, journey continues. Journey continues. Journey continues. Journey continues.